Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group, and I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. I hope everyone is doing well today. I'm going to take a breather from our COVID-19 coverage um, to talk about something else which affects the disability community, namely the the concept and the use of labels um, in our society, especially with regards to how people label another individual um, for whatever reason. We'll get into that. Before we get into our major topic, I'd like to remind you that this um, show is on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Standard, and 4 p.m. Eastern. If you like this show, then I encourage you to check out Buffy Williams' show. She focuses on education, and she has a wonderful show on the NATG Network. Um, Her show is on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I'd like to move on with our topic here. Again, that's labeling what we as a society do, um, how we label people and why we label people, especially with regards to the disabled community. Um, When I speak of labeling, I'm actually going to talk about it in a sociological context, um, there is such a thing called labeling theory. It's a uh, prevailing theory um, in in sociology that explains why we have this need as a society to put a name to something and categorize it. Um, <clears throat> Labeling is a way of categorizing people in, um, into groups. Um, humans tend to label things in order to make sense of the world around them. So in order for us to understand what we see, what we hear, who we interact with, we tend to put everything in a little box um, separate boxes and put a label onto them so we can easily identify them. 
um, labels, um, labels can be good or bad. Um, a lot of sociological research focuses on negative labeling. Uh, this is the practice of categorizing individuals or groups as somehow dangerous or deviant. Um, this is an example that I have um, that came from my sociology textbook, actually, when I was taking sociology. Um, example, all black people are thugs, which, of course, we all know isn't true. However, that label does exist outside in, in American society, at least. Um, <clears throat> This actually goes into a type of labeling, which goes, in, which is pre prejudice or discrimination, which um, I won't go into a great deal here because we're just focusing on labeling itself. But <clears throat> I just wanted to use that as an example. Labeling theory is the idea that individuals act in accordance with the labels other people give them. Again, the assumption that all black youths, usually black men, unfortunately, are assumed to be criminals often leads um, these, these children to say, well, you know, if that's what society thinks of me, if that's what you, if that's the only thing you think I can do, well, then I'll prove you right. And we end up with someone who is in trouble with the law. Now, again, I want to stress, these are <clears throat> assumptions made by society at large. We all know that these are not necessarily true assumptions. Um, again, I'm just using this as an example. Um, <clears throat> the assumption-based society, uh, again, that can lead to a person of any group kind of living up to or down to that expectation of the society at large. Um, another one I've heard of is all Asians are expected to be highly intelligent and motivated and good at math. Again, taking people individually, not the case, you know, um, but there it is. And it's, it's, unfortunately a pervasive label. So right now I'm going to take a quick break for a commercial from our sponsor and then I'll be right back to discuss more about labeling and why we label ourselves and why others label us. Right now you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Last segment, I was talking about the basic theory of labeling. Um, what types of labels are out there? And I used a few examples. Um, now, my que question I went in when I went in with when I started taking sociology was, well, are all labels bad? No. 
Um, all labels are not bad. Many people, including those in the dis uh, disabled community, use labels to describe their disability as part of their identity. Um, this is as a <clears throat> example. It is only recently, like within the last few years, that I have actually come to describe myself as a person with cerebral palsy. Um, the majority of my life, I've actually tried to ignore that label and my condition as much as possible um, for various reasons that I won't go on into here. But recently I have decided on my own that I will acknowledge myself as a person with cerebral palsy, as a disabled person. For me, that's very freeing. Um, some other, some people it's, it's not, it's a very individual decision. Um, <clears throat> so again, it's become a part of my identity and I use that label now to describe myself to other people. Um, the terms people can apply to themselves are varied. Um, I personally use disable. It's what I grew up with. It was the term, um, you know, when I went to school as a young child, it was the term that was widely used. Um, so that's what I'm used to hearing. Um, but many people use differently abled or having special needs. None of these are wrong. Um, it's good to keep in mind that, especially if you're talking about some people who are part of the disabled community or actually whatever community is being labeled, if they choose to label themselves, it's a very individualized thing. Um, again, I use the term disabled. I particularly um, am not fond of the special needs label for various reasons um, that have to do with me personally. Um, however, I know people who use special needs as a descriptor and they're absolutely fine with it and they find that it describes themselves wonderfully. So again, these labels are neither good nor bad. It is, the label is just words. They're, it's a word and you can ascribe whatever meaning you want it to, you know, want it to mean. Um, <clears throat> if it's something that helps you either describe or understand your disability, then by all means, you know, power to you. It's, it's, uh, you know, something that I, I always encourage more understanding and, um, realization regarding a person's disability. Um, <laughs> So why do disabled people decide to label themselves? Um, there are a few reasons. To understand themselves and their identity, to feel like part of a group, or to reclaim a negative stereotype imposed on um, others and turn it, imposed by others and turn it into a positive. Um, I'll go through each of these once we, right when we come back from this break. And we'll talk about why we label ourselves um, 
especially in the dis disabled community and what that can provide for us. Right now, we'll stop for a short break. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm your host, Erica Hansen. Once again, we were talking about labeling as it is as it uh, regards the comes to let's start again we're discussing labeling labeling in regards to the disabled community um, last segment I talked about a few ways or reasons why disabled people may choose to label themselves rather than having someone outside the community label them um, so the first reason is to understand themselves and their identity, to feel like part of a group, to reclaim a negative stereotype imposed, um, imposed by others and turn it into a positive. <clears throat> now I spoke a little bit about the first one, um, and how it relates to me personally about my decision to take on the label of disabled and the label of, you know, a person having cerebral palsy and the fact that that was something I did not do for a very long time. Um, so that's an example of, you know, the first instance. The second instance, to feel like part of a group. Um, we are, by nature, very, very social beings. Um, we like being part of a group. We want to be accepted. We want to um, feel like we are contributing and being a part of something greater than ourselves. So in some ways, labeling your disability, um, whether it be chronic pain or um, <clears throat> some sort of muscular skeletal issue that I, like I have, or, um, loss of a limb or any, any of these things, um, groups have popped up all around the country specifically for people with different con <clears throat> conditions. For example, I know that there are quite a few fibromyalgia and chronic pain groups out there, depending on where you live. NAMI, um, Nat, uh, <clears throat> um, is, um, boy, today's my day, not my day, huh? NAMI is a, is a huge group that covers all, um, a myriad of dis disabilities. And I know that they hold, um, group, group discussions quite often. So, Becoming part of a group can give a person a sense of belonging that they may, might not have had otherwise. 
So that's one of the reasons why a person may decide to actually identify themselves as having a disability. Um, number three, to, re to reclaim a negative stereotype imposed on others and turn it into a positive. This is much like women use the term bitch. Um, and I'm using this term in a sociological context. Um, but with that word, that word has traditionally been attributed to women by men, largely men. And it is a form of exerting power over the woman. Women nowadays have used that term to describe themselves, not because they feel less or unworthy, but because they are removing the power from that word from the male community in order and, and bringing it back to themselves. They're using it as to display, you know, to say, Hey, I'm, I'm strong. I'm, I'm a powerful woman. I'm successful. I'm, you know, um, so in that case, something that started out as negative, you know, the word bitch comes, becomes something positive depending on who's using it. Um, for the disabled community, um, I've heard the word crippled used in this way, um, or is shortened for a uh, version crip. Um, there's a caveat to this. Um, it's labeling yourself is a very individual decision. Um, for example, I as a disabled person may decide to call myself crippled. But this doesn't mean that others can do so, even people within the disabled community. Um, that's considered really rude. Um, so be careful. Be careful what labels you decide to place on people. Um, like I said, it, it's neither good nor bad sometimes. I mean, you can say something to someone with the intention of, of, you know, just having a conversation and come up with a negative term that someone is uncomfortable with and, you know, um, without meaning to really hurt them. So unless you are given permission by the person using the description to also use it, I just wouldn't use it. Um, you know, you don't know what, what that word means to that person. You don't know why they're using it. It's just best to not, you know, get into that mire of, <laughs> of possible landmines, let's say. Um, so again, depending on who you're talking to, certain words can be either just fine to use 
or really, really offensive. And this includes all communities as well as the disabled community. So just be aware, be aware just because um, someone else has decided to use the term does not mean that a quote unquote outsider can use the term. Um, so what this boils down to <clears throat> is that as humans, we need labels in order to understand our world. Labels can be good, bad, or even neutral. Um, I mean, if you want to get down to it, the word house is a label. For example, we use house to describe the structure of wood and brick and mortar that we live in. Um, as part of a disabled community, we as individuals need to be aware of how others in the community define themselves. Again, it was something like I mentioned before, um, just be aware of other people, um, be aware of how they refer to themselves, be aware in general, what may or may not be acceptable in the community. Um, individual communities, even within the disabled community, may have unspoken rules um, that you, you have to take time to learn or infer. It's not the easiest thing to do sometimes, but it's, you know, it's worth it. Um, so I, like I said, I would be cautious if you're new to a group. Um, um, so as part of the disabled community, we are, we as individuals need to be aware of how others in the community define themselves. As I said, it's important that we respect each other and allow ourselves to choose our own identities. Um, rather than letting society dictate who we are, both as a community, as an individual. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting because there are quite a few things. I mean, people that do not have a disability, for example, somebody who has um, slow cognition speed, for example, are often referred to derogatory, you know, in a derogatory fashion. Um, you know, people with fibromyalgia may automatically decide, uh, may be classified as lazy or, um, you know, or, you know, just not willing to work, which is absolutely not true. Um, but again, these are labels that we as a society unfortunately put on others and I think we need to just be conscious of that and really check ourselves and make sure that the labels we use to categorize things aren't harmful to other human beings. Um, labels can be useful for many, many things. I'm not saying they can't be. But again, just be aware of who you're speaking with and what they are telling you about how they'd like to be addressed or how they'd like you to handle a certain subject. Um, that's the most important thing. I hope that everyone is doing wonderfully. I hope that this um, 
self-quarantining <laughs> for those of you that are still self-quarantining is going well for you. Um, I hope nobody's going too stir crazy. Um, I definitely, you know, extend my sympathies and my gratitude to all of the essential workers out there. Hang in there. We'll get through this and I will see you next week. If you'd like to talk to me, my email address is Erica H. That's Erica with a K at newheightseducation.org. Um, again, this is a call-in show. You can talk to me live. My phone number to reach me here on the air is 1-646-558-8656. That's the United States number. It goes through New York. So your long distance, um, your long distance charges will apply. So <clears throat> again, I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you here. Same time, same place. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.